0: Chapter Twenty-Eight of *The Imperialist* by Sarah Jeanette Duncan. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Bruce Peary. The progress of Missus Kilbannon and Miss Christie Cameron up the river to Montreal and so west to Elgin was one series of surprises. Most of them pleasant and instructive to such a pair of intelligent Scotch women. If we leave out the number of Roman Catholic churches that lift their special symbol along the banks of the St. Lawrence, and the fact that Hugh Finley was not in Elgin to meet them upon their arrival. Dr. Drummond, of course, was there at the station to explain. Finley had been obliged to leave for Winnipeg only the day before, to attend a mission conference in place of a delegate who had been suddenly laid aside by serious illness finlay he said had been very loath to go but there were many reasons why it was imperative that he should dr drummond explained them all i insisted on it he assured them frankly i told him i would take the responsibility he seemed very capable of taking it both the ladies must have thought with his quick orders about the luggage and his waiting cab mrs kilbannon said so i'm sure she told him we are better off with you than with hugh he was always a daft dependence at a railway station they both mrs kilbannon and dr drummond looked out of the corners of their eyes so to speak at Christie, the only one who might be expected to show any sensitiveness but miss cameron accepted the explanation with readiness indeed she said she would have been real vexed if mr finley had stayed behind on her account she showed herself well aware of the importance of a nomination and the desirability of responding to it it will just give me an opportunity of seeing the town she said looking at it through the cab windows as they drove and dr drummond had to admit that she seemed a sensible creature other things being equal finley might be doing very well for himself. As they talked of Scotland, it transpired that Dr. Drummond knew all the brays about Bross as a boy, he found himself more than ever annoyed with Finlay about the inequality of other things. And when they passed Knox Church and Miss Cameron told him she hadn't realized it was so imposing an edifice, he felt downright sorry for the woman dr drummond had persuaded finlay to go to winnipeg with a vague hope that something in the fortnight's grace thus provided might be induced to happen the form it oftenest took to his imagination was miss christie's announcement when she set foot upon the station platform that she had become engaged on the way over to somebody else some fellow-traveller such things dr drummond knew did come about usually bringing distress and discomfiture in their train why then should they not happen when all the consequences would be rejoiceful it was plain enough however that nothing of the kind had come to pass miss christie had arrived in elgin bringing her affections intact they might have been in any one of her portmanteaux she had come with definite calm intention precisely in the guise in which she should have been expected at the very hour in the very clothes, she was there robust and pleasant with a practical eye on her promising future she had arrived the fulfillment of despair dr drummond looked at her with acquiescence half cowed half comic wondering at his own folly in dreaming of anything else miss cameron brought the situation as it were with her it had to be faced and dr drummond faced it like a philosopher she was the material necessity the fact in the case the substantiation of her own legend and dr drummond promptly gave her all the consideration she demanded in this aspect already he heard himself pronouncing a blessing over the pair and they would make the best of it with characteristic dispatch he decided that the marriage should take place the first monday after finley's return that would give them time to take a day or two in toronto perhaps and get back for finley's wednesday prayer-meeting or i could take it off his hands said dr drummond to himself that would free them till the end of the week solicitude increased in him that the best should be made of it after all for a long time they had been making the worst mrs Forsythe, whom it had been necessary to inform when mrs kilbannon and miss cameron became actually imminent saw plainly that the future mrs finley had made a very good impression on the doctor and as nature in mrs Forsythe's case was more powerful than grace she became critical accordingly still she was an honest soul she found more fault with what she called miss cameron's shirtwaists than with miss cameron herself whom she didn't doubt to be a good woman though she would never see thirty-five again time and observation would no doubt mend or remodel the shirtwaists and meanwhile both they and miss cameron would do very well for east elgin mrs forsyth avowed mrs kilbannon definitely given over to caps and curls as they still wear them in bross, mrs Forsythe at once formed a great opinion of she might be something mrs Forsythe thought out of a novel by mr crockett and made you long to go to scotland where presumably every one was like her on the whole the ladies from brass profited rather than lost by the new frame they stepped into in the house of dr drummond of elgin ontario their special virtues of dignity and solidity and frugality stood out saliently against the ease and unconstraint about them in the profusion of the table it was little less than edifying to hear mrs kilbannon invited to preserves say thank you i have butter it was the pleasantest spectacle happily common enough of the world's greatest inheritance we see it in immigrants of all degrees and we may perceive it in miss cameron and mrs kilbannon They come in couples and in companies from those little imperial islands, bringing the crusted qualities of the old blood bottled there so long, and sink with grateful absorption into the wide bountiful stretches of the further countries. They have much to take, but they give themselves, and so it comes about that the empire is summed up in the race, and the flag flies for its ideals mrs forsyth had been told of the approaching event but neither dr drummond who was not fond of making communications he did not approve of nor the murchisons who were shy of the matter as a queer business which advina seemed too much mixed up with had mentioned it to any one else finley himself had no intimates and moved into his new house in river street under little comment his doings excited small surprise because the town knew too little about him to expect him to do one thing more than another he was very significant among his people very important in their lives but not somehow at any expense to his private self he knew them but they did not know him and it is high praise of him that this was no grievance among them They would tell you without resentment that the minister was a very reserved man. There might be even a touch of proper pride in it. The worshippers of Knox Church Mission were rather a reserved lot themselves. It was different with the Methodists. Plenty of expansion there. Elgin, therefore, knew nothing beyond the fact that dr drummond had two ladies from the old country staying with him about whom particular curiosity would hardly be expected outside of knox church in view of finley's absence dr drummond consulting with mrs kilbannon decided that for the present elgin need not be further informed there was no need they agreed to give people occasion to talk and it would just be a nuisance to have to make so many explanations both mrs kilbannon and her niece belonged to the race that takes great satisfaction in keeping its own counsel their situation gained for them the further interest that nothing need be said about it and the added importance of caution was plainly to be discerned in their bearing even toward one another it was a portentous business this of marrying a minister under the most ordinary circumstances not to be lightly dealt with and even more of an undertaking in a far new country where the very wind blew differently and the extraordinary freedom of conversation made it more than ever necessary to take heed to what you were saying so far as miss cameron and mrs kilbannon were aware the matter had not been spoken of elsewhere at all dr drummond remembering at murchison's acquaintance with it had felt the weight of a complication and had discreetly held his tongue mrs kilbannon approved her nephew in this connection hugh she said was never one to let on more than necessary it was a fine secret between hugh in winnipeg whence he had written all that was lawful or desirable and themselves at dr drummond's miss cameron said it would give her more freedom to look about her in the midst of all this security and on the very first day after their arrival it was disconcerting to be told that a lady whose name they had never heard before had called to see miss cameron and mrs kilbannon they had not even appeared at church as they told one another with dubious glances they had no reason whatever to expect visitors dr drummond was in the cemetery burying a member mrs forsyth was also abroad now who in the world asked mrs kilbannon of miss cameron is miss murchison "'They come to our church,' said Sarah, in the door. "'They've got the foundry. It's the oldest one. She teaches.' Sarah, in the door, was even more disconcerting than an unexpected visitor. Sarah invariably took them off their guard, in the door or anywhere. She freely invited their criticism, but they would not have known how to mend her. They looked at her now helplessly, and Mrs. Kilbannon said, "'Very well.' we will be down directly. It may be just some friendly body, she said as they descended the stairs together, or it may be common curiosity. In that case, we'll disappoint it. Whatever they expected, therefore, it was not Edvina. It was not a tall young woman with expressive eyes, a manner which was at once abrupt and easy, and rather a lounging way of occupying the corner of a sofa when she sat down as mrs kilbannon said afterward she seemed to untie and fling herself as you might a parcel neither mrs kilbannon nor christy cameron could possibly be untied or flung so perhaps they gave this capacity in Advina more importance than it had but it was only a part of what was to them a new human demonstration something to inspect very carefully and accept very cautiously the product like themselves yet so suspiciously different of these free airs and these astonishingly large ideas in some ways as she sat there in her graceful dress and careless attitude asking them direct smiling questions about their voyage, she imposed herself as the class whom both these ladies of Bross would acknowledge unquestioningly to be above them. In others, she seemed to be of no class at all, so far she came short of small standards of speech and behavior the ladies from Bross, more and more confused grew more and more reticent when suddenly out of a simple remark of miss cameron's about missing in the train the hot-water cans they gave you to your feet in scotland reticence descended upon miss murchison also she sat in an odd silence looking at miss cameron absorbed apparently in the need of looking at her finding nothing to say her flow of pleasant inquiry dried up and all her soul at work instead to perceive the woman mrs kilbannon was beginning to think better of her it was so much more natural to be a little backward with strangers when the moment passed their visitor drew herself out of it with almost a perceptible effort and seemed to glance consideringly at them in their aloofness their incommunicativeness their plain odds with her i don't know what she expected but we may assume that she was there simply to offer herself up and the impulse of sacrifice seldom considers whether or not it may be understood it was to her a normal natural thing that a friend of hugh finley's should bring an early welcome to his bride and to do the normal natural thing at keen personal cost was to sound that depth or rise to that height of the spirit where pain sustains we know of advina that she was prone to this form of exaltation those who feel themselves capable may pronounce whether she would have been better at home crying in her bedroom she decided badly how could she decide well on what she would say to explain herself i am so sorry she told them that mr finley is obliged to be away it was quite wrong it assumed too much her knowledge and their confidence and the propriety of discussing mr finley's absence there was even an unconscious hint of another kind of assumption in it a suggestion of apology for mr finley advina was aware of it even as it left her lips and the perception covered her with a damning blush she had a sudden terrified misgiving that her role was too high for her that she had already cracked her mask but she looked quietly at miss cameron and smiled across the tide that surged in her as she added he was very distressed at having to go they looked at her in an instant's blank astonishment miss cameron opened her lips and closed them again glancing at mrs kilbannon they fell back together but not in disorder this was something much more formidable than common curiosity just what it was they would consider later meanwhile mrs kilbannon responded with what she would have called cool civility perhaps you have heard that mr findlay is my nephew she said indeed i have mr Finlay has told me a great deal about you mrs kilbannon and about his life at bross advina replied and he has told me about you too she went on turning to christy cameron indeed said she oh a long time ago he has been looking forward to your arrival for some months hasn't he we took our passages in december said miss cameron and you are to be married almost immediately are you not miss murchison continued pleasantly mrs kilbannon had an inspiration could he by any means have had the banns cried she demanded of Christie, who looked piercingly at their visitor for the answer Oh no, Advina laughed softly. Presbyterians haven't that custom over here. Does it still exist anywhere? Mr. finley told me himself. Has he informed all his acquaintances? asked mrs Kilbannon. We thought maybe his elders would be expecting to hear, or his board of management, or he might have just dropped a word to his sessions clerk, but-'Edvina shook her head. I think it unlikely she said. "'Then why would he be telling you?' inquired the elder lady, bluntly. "'He told me, I suppose, because I have the honour to be a friend of his,' Edvina said, smiling. "'But he is not a man, is he, who makes many friends. It is possible, I dare say, that he has mentioned it to no one else.' Poor Edwina she had indeed uttered her ideal to unsympathetic ears brought her pig as her father would have said to the wrong market she sat before the ladies from brass hugh finley's only confidante she sat handsome and upheld and not altogether penetrable a kind of gipsy to their understanding though indeed the romany strain in her was beyond any divining of theirs they on their part reposed in their clothes with all their bristles out what else could have been expected of them convinced in their own minds that they had come not only to a growing but to a forward country mrs kilbannon was perhaps a little severe i wonder that we have not heard of you miss murchison said she but we are happy to make the acquaintance of any of my nephew's friends you will have heard him preach perhaps often said Edvina, rising we have no one here who can compare with him in preaching there was very little reason why you should have heard of me i am of no importance she hesitated and fought for an instant with a trembling of the lip but now that you have been persuaded to be a part of our life here she said to Christie, I thought I would like to come and offer you my friendship, because it is his already. I hope so much that you will be happy here. It is a nice little place, and I want you to let me help you, about your house and in every way that is possible. I am sure I can be of use. She paused and looked at their still half-hostile faces. I hope— she faltered you don't mind my having come not at all said christie and mrs kilbannon added i'm sure you mean it very kindly a flash of the comedy of it shot up in advina's eyes yes she said i do good-bye if they had followed her departure they would have been further confounded to see her walk not quite steadily away shaken with fantastic laughter they looked instead at one another as if to find the solution of the mystery where indeed it lay in themselves she doesn't even belong to his congregation said Christie. just a friend she said I expect the friendship's mostly upon her side, remarked mrs Kilbannon. She seemed frank enough about it, but I would see no necessity for encouraging her friendship on my own account if I were in your place, Christie. I think I'll manage without it, said Christie. Chapter twenty eight.